one part, the end. This is how I understood it. I only saw it once. But how I interpreted it was there's a guy, Neo, you know, who becomes the, the anointed one, the chosen one, and he's going to finally break the trance of the, of the programming, the, the computers, whatever, the, the programming. And so, and then, you know, it's, it's a movie, so he symbolized, you know, looking really cool, very expensive sunglasses, long leather coat with Nehru collar and thin and spelt and can do amazing fucking things. And so he, he goes to see. He's very Jewish. Yeah, yeah. This is how the chosen one should look. You know, if it was chosen by fashion people. <laughs> by, by fashion designers. <laughs> Loving age. So, so, so he goes into this room, and there's a there's an apparition of the programming and it's a guy and the room has got all these TVs, small TVs all up and down the walls and all Neo's on every one of them, you know he's, he's everyone and, and the, the, the programming's being represented by a guy called the architect, I think and he's, got a, he's talking about what's happening, really, and he says oh Neo, Neo, yes so you're the savior, yes. You're number seven. There's been seven saviors. It was a small aberration in the first programming that we've, you know, grown around, and now you're number seven. So the one isn't really that appropriate because there's been many. <laughs> and so it's this idea of still holding out hope that you can get out of here as the, as the body, you know. I mean, it's a strong, it's a strong urge. It takes a, it will, it will, it will formulate around total evidence, evidence contrary to that. It will still keep trying to write itself into the story. You know, like I can transcend this place, but just as I am in the place. Yeah. So in other words, I want to have the feeling of being Paul, but I don't want to have any of the effects of having that feeling of being Paul. I, I want to have total freedom from Paul, but as Paul, you know, come on, can I just a little bit, bring a little bit with me? So, it's like that guy in the movie theater who sees the movie and sees it as unreal, and, but there's a subtle assumption that he's real. He's the one human that's seeing everything else as unreal. It's happened with me with LSD. I see everyone was plastic people, but I was I was seem exempt from that observation. I was the only real person seeing all the plastic people. <laughs> yeah. We are always the Neo. You know, a little matrix, a little movie. But we have about thirty of them, not just three. We've got a trilogy after a trilogy after a trilogy. Now I'm like the oldest one. <laughs> I'm getting to be the oldest, you know, this one. But <laughs> so this this drive is strong. I mean, I've noticed it. It's pretty strong that we really would love to have because we think if we're not going to be there to enjoy it, what's the point, really? I don't see any value in it if I can't have it. Really, you know, that's what happens a lot with talks. People are really excited when they hear the news, 
But when they come to grips with the news is is proclaiming your inherent absence, they sometimes they lose interest in that because they want to have an experience of their own absence. You know, I want to be there to get it. And that's the dilemma in a sense, because that which can be seen, as Huang Po said, can't be perceiving, you know. So that which can be seen can't be seen, you know. So for me to be the seen, in one sense, I can't be the seen, you know. I can't be the object that the subjectivity is seen. Yeah, even though how much that I have tried to wed subjectivity with the object and crowned it me, a special you that's different than everyone else, that I can have a realization that everyone here is phony, but I'm not. Or I can have a realization of I have no ego, but everyone else's ego is bothering me, and stuff like that. This is that persistence of the being there, even when we're entertain your own absence, we're still trying to make a little space for us to be there in the experience of absence. And that's all, and see, the point is, if you're absent, then there's no experience of absence. This would be the experience of absence we're having now. Feeling or assuming that we're present is the experience of absence. Isn't it, really? We're absent, as this, but we're, we're, we're identified as a presence, so we're actually the experience of absence here. Absence is experiencing itself as present, yeah? But, it's, but the absence, in a sense, if it's what we are, how could it be experienced? It can't be. But we can experience absence, yeah? We're experiencing it all day, as a presence. <laughs> so, so, it's a weird thing. But the, so what happens? You know, like my friend and I were together today, and it was funny because with this, she was sharing with me that, uh, you know, she, in a sense, has been having this hit that time is really the way we're trying to convince ourselves that we're alive. Yeah? <laughs> we're using time to convince ourselves we're really here, you know, by having experiences and mem memories and this constantly doing and doing and doing, because really the fear is, are we even alive? Yeah, is this actually even so? So we have to make it seem so a lot all day. Yeah, and I would see that that could be a one of the drives, like there's some major drives, like the time drive is huge, you know. That's where boredom arrives from, yeah. We have too much time on our hands, in a sense, and we don't know what to do with it. We can't be with it, yeah, because the mechanism is more doing and having into a state of being. So if we can't be doing and having a lot, then that seems boring to us. It's right at the threshold of being, but we we delay the arrival because we think it's a journey. Yeah, we think we, the only way I can get to being is to do and have. You know, I've got to be doing something today, which is a lot of the spiritual treadmills. You know? you're doing, you're really not going anywhere, but you're believing you're going somewhere, and that gives you the sense of relevance or value. 
Yeah? What happens when that gets seen through, it's very, very scary to the mental state because it's, it doesn't have any reality to pin itself with. You know? Its reality is more like smoke and mirrors. You know? I mean, I must be alive, I can do something. You know? I'm doing something, I'm, I have free will, I'm choosing this and I'm not choosing that. It's constantly barking and barking its relevance. Because it has a fear that it's truly empty, is it? I believe. I mean, I don't believe that. I actually believe the mental state is very clear on its non-existence. That's why it's so hell-bent on appearing to exist. Yeah? If it was really so, it wouldn't have to try so hard. Don't you think? If it was really so, if something was really so, there would be a relaxedness in the sewing of it. You know? But if it's not so, and it has to try to be so, that's fucking exhausting. So what happens? How does this all seem to keep on keeping on? If what would something be if it wasn't thought about, really? What would you be if you weren't thought about? What would you be if you couldn't remember yourself? What would you be? People are doing this all the time now. This guy I met in England, he was telling me he's having these great experiences because his mother was going into dementia. So she's losing the sense of self, and in a way she's a much happier person. She doesn't have a care in the world because she forgets everything so fast, and she's just basically like lunch, you know. She's just responding to hunger and you know, bathroom and stuff like that. And so she's traveling in a very light way, in a sense, but there's no able, there's no there to own it. There's no activity to claim it. Yeah? There's no activity to sort of build a story around it. She's really, the, the selfing is, is running down. You know, what's producing the selfing isn't producing the selfing. It's its little hologram has a lot of, like, uh, bald spots, you know? Like when I saw Sai Baba, he had this huge afro when he was getting older. He had a lot of bald, like, a lot of deforestation that happened in his little forest up here. So this, the mental state is starting to have big holes, and it can't access the memory, and it can't remember itself. And so people who are accessing memory and remembering themselves. It can be scary to them when they see someone that they thought they knew based on memory to be different than how they're appearing. It can be freaking very off-putting. But for him, it was really quite rewarding yeah, because it was showing him by the absence of that activity, those activities in her, he could see that their presence in him were false. They were false. They're not essential. They were falling away in his mother with really no thought or effort on her part. The brain is just sort of going out. Yeah. And to me, in a way, it looks like a very high spiritual state. <laughs> you know, they're in the moment. They're responding to, like Zen would say, you know, cut wood, carry water, make tea. They're, they're there. <laughs> you know. And maybe to them it's totally okay. It's everyone around them. It's just like when someone dies, the person doesn't experience it. The people around him or her experience their death. 
They, the one who dies doesn't experience the death. He's not there to be there to experience, but we do. So we think, oh, he went well, or he went terribly, or he went kicking his feet. We have no fucking clue yeah, how the person went. And he doesn't, the person who went has no clue. Because <laughs> they weren't there to say, hey, I think I'm going out pretty well, you know, probably. It just went out. Yeah. The light went out and whatever, and that was it. So, this, so someone who's going through that, to us, would maybe look weird, but to them, they might probably they may be in a very joyous state. Don't you think? They're simple. I know a number of people who this happened to, and they seem to, you know, the people I know think that they're much nicer now when they're losing the sense of self than they were when they were equipped with the sense of self. Yeah? All that, all the, and time gets, the influence of time lifts, and all like that. That's sort of what happens in, in awakenings, in a sense, or does not happening. But when when certain when the mind starts like unfurling, that the influence of time weakens, you know, or at least you are very very keenly aware of it. While there's a push, you see the unwet current. You can feel it almost like water on your back pushing you. Like when you'd be in the ocean, you could feel currents. They'd be pulling you. Out or this and that, you couldn't see them, but they would pull you down the beach or out. The out ones you definitely want to stay out of because you could go too far and they get fucking get lost out there. This way, you would just go down. You know, you start at one point of the beach, you end up like 300 yards, 400, 500 yards down either way. You never see it, but something's just pushing you, pushing. That's sort of the to me time here. There's nothing called time, it's a mental activity, it's a dreaming, but it's like a force, like an un unwet force, an unwet current, moving everybody. They're moving everyone into the next moment. And all the ideas of security, and they're all attempts to find some kind of control, just like using drugs for me was trying to have some control. Life seemed uncontrollable, and I was quite overwhelmed by it. So I got a modicum or, or a false illusion of control by producing a feeling in me before light produced a feeling. You know, If I was loaded all the time, whatever happened would hit that feeling that was already in place instead of hitting me in my vulnerability. Yeah? Now I had a fucking shield. Unfortunately, the shield would protect me from what was coming out, but I couldn't get out. I, it was like a, the chocolate and M&M. You know, the shell was, I was so encased, there was no inner outs anymore. Pretty damn claustrophobic. So, to me, what would be at least something to look at is the thought system. I cannot see, you can't take your eye off that ball, because what needs to be remembered and reinforced must have an activity to do that. Yeah? So the sense of self has to be remembered has to be assumed, inferred, implied, stated, presupposed. All of those things need to happen for its, for its seeming existence to be able to continue in its linear story. Without those things, there's too many big, like there's too many patches in the cloud, the cloud bank and you get the hit of the sky. You know, and one little chunk of sky will will reveal 
that solid continuity of the clouds is false. It's op- there's openings everywhere. Yeah, it's just our, our, our eyes, our interest and attention go to the clouds and we miss the sky that, that they're appearing in. Same thing with thoughts, like Ramana Maharshi says, mental mind, the smaller mind is just thoughts. It's just, a com- it's just a compilation of thoughts. That's all it is. Thoughts about you in the past, thoughts about you in the future, thoughts about you as an other in the future, and you as an other in the past. If you if you're if if I start after I'm thought about, I'm a body for all intents and purposes. If I start prior to the thought system, that fact isn't a fact. I see it as just an invitation to be a body, to act and perform and to take everything that happens through a body as somehow inferring that there's someone behind the wheel. And then that fact is reinforced constantly and all the GPS of that failed system, all the maps that it downloads, hey, how do, how do I get to be happy? Just download, do this, do that, do that. They're fucking archaic and they don't work. What's constant and inherently so can't be satisfied by something that's temporary and comes and goes. It's impossible. It's not, it's, if you went to universalmatch.com and you would look at if constancy and eternalness was looking and you okay, I want someone that's very temporary and comes and goes, you probably won't. You would like to find the right match. And yeah, something eternal and something totally satisfied. Being, yeah, all right, a match. Yeah, <laughs> it would just see. It would just seem that it would be so damn clear, and it is prior to the thoughts. But after the thoughts, we look from the thoughts, and everything we look from the thoughts. When we look something from the thoughts, we think about that thing, and in the thinking of it, it's made into something. Yeah, just like it says those axioms, you know, observation distorts the observed. So here's a thought, which is observed, yes. Isn't it? It's observed. Something something notices it. It's just, it's not like, you know, it's just not a six foot five thought, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's something notices it. Yeah. That, so that observation distorts the, obs- the observed, the thought. So this observation of being identified as a self distorts the thought and calls it mine and or about me. That's what it does. And once it distorts the thought, it can now turn it can now pull the thought into an orbit around it. Instead of a thought is more like a shooting star. It comes and goes. It flashes and it's gone. Yeah? But now we have we're living like this horizontal asteroid belt. And it keeps getting closer and closer, and there's just giant chunks, chunks of thought, yeah? and they just they just like they're never coming. They're coming, and then they're going only to come again. And so it's like we redo every rotation, <laughs> and then we believe all oh, the thoughts are bombarding me. They drive me crazy, but that's an erroneous view. It's the thinking. It's the feeling of being the thinker is what's 
pulling the thoughts into the orbit. Yeah? Because the thoughts that I see as yours do not orbit around me. Similar thoughts can orbit around me if I call them mine. But when you come over to my house and tell me how much your thoughts are driving me crazy, they're not driving me crazy. I don't care how much empathy I have for you or love, I still, it's not going to jump over. But the same thoughts, if they hold this mind, they have a huge amount of power. Do they derive from themselves, which they are inherently empty, or is it the observation that distorts them? It's the observation. So that's the root of it. I can, you cannot not see that to be so. If the Course in Miracles says you and I give everything all the meaning it has, everything and all are pretty damn comprehensive words. There's no leeway. There's no out. There's no, there's no exemption in all and everything. It doesn't say you and I give, you know, some fucking things a meaning. You know, some days. Four out of seven days a week, you're going to be giving fucking things me. Not all of them. Not everything. So it's going to be difficult. You'll have to think of the ones that you gave me. Because some of them are real and they're giving you meaning. It doesn't say that. It says all and everything. So, if I'm giving something a meaning, I'm giving anything, everything and all things the meaning they have, then which, in the pecking order of what's going on, where, where is my position? Am I, am I in the position of being under the effects and the influences of that which I'm giving all the meaning to? Seeing that I was giving everything all the meaning to is very empowering, I would say, because then you realize, well... If I'm giving them all the meaning to, and they seem to be imposing their, themselves on me, then following this logic, is, is that meaning that they're imposing on me, given to them by me? You know what I mean? So if something can trap me, did I give it the seeming ability to trap me? If you follow the logic, you and I give everything all the meaning it has, well, if someone, something traps me, then I'm giving it that meaning on an ultimate, ultimate scale, on a true activity, as an exact nature of the activity going on here. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. So I would see, even if I'm getting seemingly screwed here, I can still be accountable for it in a sense, because I realize no one or no thing is doing this to me. Yeah? It's the me that I have to believe in to be done to. Yeah. If I'm not that, so my relief isn't learning the greatest schemes and the greatest strategies not to let anyone fuck with me, not to let anything ever have an adverse feeling over me, yeah? But instead, just see that me, yeah? And see the me as like a tree and see what's going on in one's life as the fruit and see, as Jesus said, a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad, fruit, a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruit. Know the tree by the fruit. Check it out in your life. You know? It may not change anything, but what it will do is it will change your posture or stance with it. Maybe instead of 
oh, I just, if I do all this shit, I know it's going to get great. Maybe the real relief is that you can fit yourself around the circumstances and accept. Instead of conquer and vanquish, you can just accept things as they are. Because I notice when you truly are able to accept things as they are, they will, they will reveal themselves to you as they're not. You will see that they're unreal when you stop trying to make them unreal. Yeah. When you stop trying to make the thing I'm the most afraid of, I'm a very vicious, angry person. All right, let it land on me. I am the most busy, vicious, vindictive person I've ever met. Land on oh, oh, and whoop, How could I possibly be that? But while I'm fighting it, or trying to avoid it, or denying it, it's as real as real can be. You don't see your role in it? <laughs> So, bro, we are, we are, like my friend I was talking to the other day, he was with the guy who was the other guru, Nizagadada Maharaj, rising to something, and he would always say to him, he was traveling with him, and he would always say to him, all you need to know is, this is a dream and you're God, basically, that's it, yeah, the only, you are the reality, and you're lending reality to everything here through this identification as this thing. Yeah? That's really what's going on. Of course, says it beautifully, you know, you and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. How do we do that? I say you forget it by remembering yourself. Now you take yourself be, to be a dreamt object, and therefore, from this dreamtness of being an object, we objectify everything else, and we give it the power to affect us as an object. Sounds like my day, really, as an action figure. Now, I'd love to get out of it, but I'd love to get out of it as the action figure. Now, I realize that's not possible. So that's the great wisdom of no escape. I can't get out of here. I just can't. I cannot escape. And that's the greatest news I've ever had. Because when you truly give up the ghost, when you truly, truly, truly be being here, when you're truly here, you'll see that it's not truly so. It's funny. I never see. I've seen so many examples now of the flavor of mind, big M mind, in action here, and it's so different than the little M mind. You know, little M mind is like this, therefore that, yeah. The bigger mind goes different ways. Like this getting out of something is realizing we're never in it. That's how bigger mind works. To get out of something, to have the experience of really being out of something is the realization you were never in it. It never comes from being in something. And then if you do have an experience of being out, it's very temporary. Yeah? And then all it does is it forestalls and makes it even worse to find yourself back in because now you believe I must have fucking done something to get back in it again. So the self-centered produces another ass and you get bitten in another ass, you know? So I once was out of it, but now I'm back in it. What did I do? Like, where did I make the mistake? How did I... How did I... I was awake and now I'm not awake. How weird. I must have done something. This is it, you know? So, the great news is, fuck. <laughs> We're never getting out of here. 
and, and know why? Because we were never in here. Wow, that's not, doesn't seem to be true. Okay, how long does it seem to not be true? 70, 80, 90 years? What the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? Have you ever had like an event where something occurs and it erases like 40 years of fucking story and memory? As, and if those 40 years were written on a chalkboard, it would have taken a little time to erase, but it gets erased in a nanosecond because it was never there to begin with. <laughs> it was never there to begin with. That's why something can seem to be so not so, so quickly, because it never was so to begin with. You know what I mean? In other words, there's nothing that has to be broken down. It's just you, the belief that it was ever built up has to be seen through. If, when that's seen through, there's no breaking anything down, and it doesn't take any time to get out of an imaginary place. Not one second passes. Yeah? And this is a strong possibility prior to I'm thought, I think I'm like that, you know? That, that which I think I'm like, that's after. At that, at that point, the fact is a fact. But prior to the fact, it's seen as not a fact. You are not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Just not. I'm not saying what you are, but you're not that. And then you find out. Yeah? Now you start seeing that which you used to look from. And then from there, that's the solution. The problem is truly just an activity. Yeah? It, needs your, it needs your collusion totally to find any traction. It has no fucking four-wheel talk or anything. It's just a story being, like, floated around. And because it's about, supposedly, us, we're interested in it. And we give life to it because we love it. We love the mental state, loves what it's making, the story of being Paul. Yeah? If you get weaned off of that, the invitation still gets offered, but there's an abstinence to it. You don't take it. And what happens is, you downloads it come from the other invitation. You can't see, it doesn't come from a thing, so your way of looking for it, you can't look for it that way. It's not a thing, it's not the creator, or the, or the, the knower, it's just knowing, and creating, and being, and all that. Yeah. So you recognize yourself in movement, really. So. Yeah. Is the selfing still there during a blackout? I think so. That's because people are calling you by your name and because your answer. There's still something that's driving the body to do things, but no, there's a, what I think. You want to hear my? This is my story. Now, this is probably has no basis in scientific research, but coming from someone who seemingly had many blackouts, this is my little definition. I'm surprised no one has run with it and made it a huge thing, but. I'm surprised no one's done a lot of this with the talks. <laughs> so here you go. Because I've had them before. So this is the downloads I had about it. So I remember the one time, very vividly, it was New Year's Eve. I had put my arm through a window to get into my, my house. My mother hadn't locked me out, so I, she was away, so I couldn't get back in the house. So I think, and this triangle piece of glass hit me right here and hit a vein on artery. So if I went like this, it would go sh sh sh. So I was, no, I was, had a bandage on it, and I was at a party, and it was the last thing I remember. 
And then the next thing I remembered, I woke up in a bed, and I noticed it was at a friend's house, and my arm was bandaged from here to here. I had no idea what happened. And when I unrolled it, it was like a little quarter hole in my arm, you know? And so what happened was, and this happened many, many times, so this is how I, this is how I see it. So there's the sense of self, which is the dominant sense of self, and the sense of self is like the God of the Old Testament. It's a very jealous God, doesn't want any other selves placed in front of it. So that sense of self was being produced by the brain, and that sense of self has a historical feeling of being me. Yeah, it's it's got it's using memories. It's selectively using memory to support the story that this is me. And then the drinking, I drank so much, I did so much drugs, it shut down, yeah? And I believe the brain came up with self number two, kicked it in, yeah? Without much of, without missing a beat. So when someone said Paul, it would, oh yeah. And I bought train, I bought plane tickets and blackouts. I Fuck it, I probably, I could have gotten engaged in blackouts, yeah. This, and, and I never got arrested in blackouts. So actually, the self thing, the self that appeared in blackouts is more successful than the usual self that I was running around as every day. Because it was doing much better than when I'm running the show. So let's say it did it for 17, 18 hours. Then the brain got sufficiently back, you know, its wits, and so it produced the same old, same old self, and when the same old self arose, it had to deny that there was any one other, there was any other self there for those 15 hours, because how could it verify or keep authenticating its story of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity? When it, so my experience was, if there's two selves, there can't be any self. See? If there's two selves, it totally, it totally invalidates the basic premise of a sense of self of being you. If there's been two yous, then there's no you. So that's what I think. You know? So a sense of self, another one arises, and at that, when it arises, it has no memory of the other one that departed. It believes it's been Paul the whole time. It has its own little binding of the memories, yeah? And it's pretty, it's seamless, yeah. Seamless transition from one self, there may have been a moment where you're not there totally, completely, but the other one rushes in and it performs as you. It talks, it tells a story that it's you. It claims everything that you are doing that night, just like the other self. And it feels like it's the historical Paul. That one goes down, the other one comes up. How to explain the 18, 24 hours it hasn't seemed to have been there. It says I was in a blackout. But it was only this sense of self that was blacked out. The other sense of self now is blacked out all the other time. But in those 16 hours, it had its moment in the sun, it was you. Yeah. Now, the big one came back, and now it has to... It cannot say, oh, there was another one of me for 18 hours, and then actually it did better than I do, so I might as well give up the job of being you and, you know, walk out quietly. It ain't going to do that. It's going to say, I, I wasn't here for 22, I was gone for three days. I don't know how, where am I? Well, the fact is, something navigated three days worth of living quite easily, and so to me, that's what it is. I believe when people get injured, 
It may take longer, like when the early research with, with traumas, people would get hit in the head, and it would severely damage the center of the brain where the selfing is produced, yeah? Or the parts of the brain that produce a sense of self, and they'd lose all sense of what they called them. They didn't love their kids or their husband, didn't recognize them, had no feelings for them. And then their head, their brain, they were checking these people, they were firing like constantly, and it was trying to produce another story so that it could make sense of this place. That's what it does. So I think a blackout is a mini one like that, where it gets so toxicated, the brain collapses, and then when it regroups, it sends its little substitute. Like, you know, when a, when a big actor is sick and they send his, his second, that's what I believe the mental state brings. Or it'd just be like a clone. When the one clone that looks like you and talks as you collapses, they have another same model that looks like you with the same story, but it will think it's you. Yeah? There'll be 50 models, but each one will be thinking it's you. I think that's the whole idea of self It's still functioning. It's not as good as the real one because both of my DUI happened during the Oh, uh, see, yes, yeah, so it doesn't do as well. See, yeah. mine was the opposite. Both of them. I came to, and I look at my mirror, there's cops behind me. <laughs> when I came to, I'm like, shit, cops. <laughs> yeah, you see? See, now I was successful, more successful when I was yeah. blacked out. Not so my, my secondary self, if I could call it into, <laughs> if I had a headhunter and he'd call him up, okay, Paul, the, 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 the whatever that's called Paul would like you to come over, take over, because the other one's running into the ground, you know, please, let's have a coup, throw this one ball, and I'm going to have you balling for me. <laughs> But it doesn't seem because it's a jealous God and will take no other gods before it. <laughs> and to whip another self is a god. Yeah. <laughs> it's not another self, but selfing. It's like uh, if you had 400 programs of Paul, yeah, and one got damaged, then this, the next thing it would, the false, this false, uh, the fallback mechanism would, all right, go to Paul number two, and then it would arise, yeah. But in this case, one only gets damaged for a while, this comes, and then this comes back up, it has to go like that. They can't be both going on, yeah? And one will say, it's always been you, and this will say, it's always been you. Yeah, that's the storyline. When it comes up, which it arises, but it arises and presupposes it's always been you. So when, it, when the selfing arises, I share this a lot, when the selfing arises, it infers that it's been here. It, it uses time. Selfing uses time. It doesn't play by the rules we seem to play, like time here. It, it takes an activity, and after the activity is done, it presupposes the activity was before the activity. So you get, the, when you, when Paul, the sense of Paul arises, it produces a historical feeling of being here before. That's why, that's what the memories back up. See, this story needs a lot of fucking reinforcement. It really does, because it falls apart a lot. And first of all, 
As a navigational system, it leaves a lot to be desired for many of us. We're not, you know, it's not driving well. We want, we go out to be happy, and we end up in jail. Which it, it seems like somehow the GPS is off. I wanted to go to the beach, and I'm in fucking the Tenderloin. What happened? Yeah. So that's and so the failed system needs to survive as the system, and so it can't allow you to know much. You know, it has to take what comes your way and make it something that supports its story instead of you. So a lot of things that we, how we interpret here, the mental state interprets, it isn't like the Course would say, the brain interprets to the body. Yeah. So the mental state, its eyes, these two eyes, aren't seeing how the mind sees, the big M mind. And its information is picking up and its perceptions don't make any sense to the big M mind. They make sense to, to the, the brain interprets this whole life event as a body. That's It says, this is happening to a body. Everything's about a body. And that's its premise. That's its, its sense of self. Its sense is that, alright, so, that's why you could ask a question. If, if you aren't the doer of the actions, whose life would it be anyway? If you didn't feel like you did what comes through here, the story whole storyline would lose a major plank of the selfing. Yeah? It's so rooted in doership. It's so important for it to have the claiming of actions that are being that are happening through this body as being its actions. This is one of the way it verifies itself the most, yeah. It's easier to see for most people, see that through being the thinker and the feeler than being the doer. And the doing is a real bonding mechanism. The glue is strong, yeah? So when you do an action, it really implies that you're the actor. And this whole world will shout at you as that's being so in most cases, yes. So if you fucking seemingly do something here, you could go to jail for 50 years. It's not like if you take believing you're the thinker, you're going to go to jail for 50 years. But when you believe you're the doer, and even if you don't believe you're the doer, and others don't believe you're the doer, you're going to be fine, maybe pretty big for what happens. So most talks, when I first started giving talks, what produced the most dis-ease in the meeting would be doership. If you went into doership, it was a very, very uh, dicey uh, topic. Or free will. Yeah, all that stuff. Because the whole storyline is premised on being the doer. The body is the main identification mechanism. It's the huge, it's, it's truly, like they would say in the Course and a lot of other quote-unquote spiritual paths, would always point to the body identification as the, as the, let's say, the root of the dilemma, let's say. It's only a dilemma if you believe you're in the body. If you don't believe in the body, it's not a dilemma. So there's no reality to it other than the position you're in with it, yeah? So if you're in the position of being a body, it's a, it can produce an incredible delusionary quality to life. If you see it, you're not being the body, then you start seeing blue is blue and red is red. Things become obvious and clear without any clarifying effects or efforts. This clarity will come through, you know? So, by the effects, you can know 
really you know the problem from its solution, to tell you the truth. When you get when you have a huge amount of relief and you believe it was, it sort of coincided with you identifying or entertaining the idea that you're weren't a body or a thinker or a feeler, then you know that it was the idea of being the feeler, the thinker and being identified as the body that was the cause of the heaviness, obviously. Yeah? So you can know the cause of the heaviness from the lightness that occurs when you entertain certain possibilities. That's how you really know the problem, is by the relief of it, yeah? Just like gravity, you'd really know gravity by being in an anti-gravity chamber. You wouldn't have to read any books on gravity, you would know what gravity was when it wasn't, yeah? When the influences stopped, you'd realize the fucking influences. Same thing. Exact same thing. So the way things work in, in another stream of mind, that's I like to call big M mind, is different than how it's seen to work in the mental conditioning. You know, the mental conditioning is this, therefore that, do and have it into a state of being, which you can't, all these things. The, 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 uh, let's say the free-range mind doesn't go by those rules. That's why people, when they see how life really works, they believe it's paradoxical only to the thought system that's failed that they're identified with. The thought system can't see how the Tao works here. It's too paradoxical to it. It's not because the Tao is paradoxical, it's paradoxical to the failed thought system. Because the failed thought system logic is fucking insane. Truly, it's insane. Yeah. When it sees sanity, when it sees harmony, it can't fucking get, it can't figure it out. Because it's totally contrary to how it's formulated. It's based on an insane premise, and then that insanity, insanity amplifies and distorts and mutates the more time and space it has to go continue, really. Yeah? Just like if you see a society that profits over health, you don't have to study all the 800, 900 examples of insanity that, that society is based on. That's the, you can see it's going to be insane all the way through if that's the basic premise that property and profit is above humans. It's, you can, it's just, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that's, if that's like the first, if that's the cornerstone of this archway to freedom, not too many people are going to walk through the archway to freedom. <laughs> there'll be a select few, and then there'll be big, a big gate and bars put on it, and most of the people will be kept out, because profit will come over their intent, their interests, and their, uh, their, their wants and needs. Yeah. So the few may do great, but the many may not. That's an insane society. I don't care what all the other shit you talk about. If you don't get to the root, what the, what's the point of it? Yeah, same thing. Same thing. People want to get a better self, and they want to travel as a lighter self. They want to get a more improved self. They want to have only good thoughts. Good luck, you know? It's, the point is, it's, it's the insanity of, of the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity that's going to be like a shadow looming over everything you do to get out of it or make it better or try to improve it. It's more about being free from it, finally. You know, like, fuck. Yeah. If not, it's just like a hamster wheel, and then we're the hamster, and we realize... It's not really wheeling without us in it, see? So the hamster wheel needs the hamster. 
to, to be a wheel. <laughs> it, or, or it would just be a wheel. But it's not a wheel, it's a hamster wheel. The hamster is what gives it its wheeliness. Yeah, well, that's we're, we're the biggest influence in every event here. Yeah? That to me is incredibly empowering. So instead of looking for joy or peace, I'm going to look for it where it is, where, where, and it, where it is is from what's looking. It's not what it's looking at, but what's looking. I'm going to look that way. And it's, been, it's, it's proven to be a, a wise move. I wouldn't say it's a choice. It's just a certain possibility arises and the mind opens up to it and stops looking for itself outside of itself. It starts looking through what's outside of itself and sees itself. Okay. So on that lovely note, Thanksgiving.